Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 this is victory lane with reverend lawrence gray senior associate minister of grace bible fellowship antioch california where kirkland a smith is the senior pastor now victory lane i am your host reverend lawrence gray senior I am the minister of this program called Victory Lane. Welcome once again. Our subject today is going to be the continuance study of the book of Acts. We're on chapter 17, and we left off there where Paul has went to Berea, and the Jews from Thessalonica have came down and stirred up stuff and they want to uh, hurt Paul. Paul is there with Timothy and Silas. So they ask Paul to leave Berea, and he gets on a boat and he sails to Athens, Greece, while Timothy and Silas are left at Berea. Now, as Paul was in, uh, in Athens, something happened. Paul is in Athens, Greece. Let's see what's going on while he's in Athens. Let's go to Acts, the 17th chapter. And we're going to begin our teaching from where we left off at the 16th verse. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, meaning Timothy and Silas, his spirit provoked, was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Provoked me. He got kind of angry. He got kind of upset to see that the city was worshiping idols, okay? Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. So what Paul did was he taught the word of God about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And what he taught them, or what he was teaching them, what he was reasoning with them was that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that Jesus Christ came to die for the sins of the world, that Jesus Christ came to save the world from their sins by the shedding of his blood at Calvary's cross. And by the shedding of his blood at Calvary's cross, he died on the cross. And he was laid in a borrowed tomb, stayed there three days. And the most important thing, everything was important, but what, what was really significant about Jesus' death is, is that he rose from the dead. He conquered death and he conquered sin. He conquered the penalty of sin and death, which had man bound, and he died for our sins. So this is what Paul is teaching the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. So he was spreading the word of God to everybody all the time. Not only in the synagogue, 
He said it was in the marketplace. This is our job as Christians to tell other people who are not saved about Jesus Christ. That's our mission, to, to, to save, help save the lost, help save the dying from their sins and get them saved by the blood of Jesus Christ so that they can have eternal life in heaven. Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. That's what the Bible tells us. We are lost in, in our sins. But Jesus saves us from our sins when we confess him as Lord and Savior of our lives, that he is the Son of God, and that he rose from the dead and is sitting now at the right-hand throne of God. Now, you may not believe it. That's your that's your that that's your prerogative. That that that's your belief. That is what you want to do. But the Bible says, at, at the at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So you may not believe it now, but you will believe it on that day when He comes and judges the world for their sins. Every eye will see Him, even those that pierced Him. Okay, so. Paul is explaining to them Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and how he died for our sins and rose from the grave. But there's always somebody who questions what's going on. There's always someone in doubt. There's always someone who wants to uh, put a little salt in the game, we used to say. So, here we go. Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him. And now the philosophers are one who study philosophy. And what they're studying with philosophy is the nature of knowledge, reality, and existence of anything. Could be man, the existence of the world, the existence of the sun, the moon, the stars, the tree, the air, the birds. These are philosophers. And these are very smart individuals, and this is what they do. They talk and they philosophize with each other. Now, so these philosophers say to him, what does this babbler want to say? So they're taking what Paul is preaching, the gospel of Jesus Christ and the good news, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Savior, that he came down, born of a virgin, Grew up, waxed tall, grew, grew strong in the Lord, did miracles, healed the sick, raised the dead, made the lame sing, the blind, the, the, the blind sing, the lame to walk, the dumb to talk, made the, made the deaf hear, fed 5,000 souls, stopped the winds and the waves from boisting up in the sea with his voice saying, peace be still, walked on water, Fed 5,000, fed 4,000. This is Jesus he's speaking of. And so they say, what does this Babylon want to say? So here's Paul. 18, I mean, verse 18, Acts 17. Others said, he seems to be proclaiming of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. Jesus and the resurrection. In other words, he died and he rose from the grave. If you go back on my YouTube channel, Reverend Lawrence Gray Sr., I speak of the re resurrection of Christ and him rising from the dead in Acts 1. As a matter of fact, you can 
access any of these teachings and or preaching of Victory Lane on YouTube with Reverend Lawrence Gray at any given time. Now, verse 19. Here are the philosophers, and this is what they did. And they took him and brought him to Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak. Areopagus is a it is in Athens. It is a big, big rock. And at this rock is where all the intellectual people, intellectual men, the philosophers, gather together and they speak things about things that are going on. Okay. So they have them at Areopagus and they say, May we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak. They have never heard it before. As a matter of fact, no one has heard about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. No one has heard that he is the Savior of the world and in this part of the country. No one has heard that he came to seek and save and lost. No one has heard that he died for the sins of mankind on the cross at Calvary when he shed his blood. No one has heard that in dying for the sins of mankind, that he conquered the enemy of man, which is death, and the penalty of mankind itself, which is sin. Sin and death had man bound and captured because men were dying in their sins, but Jesus came to free men from their sins and conquer death and conquer sin when he rose from the grave. So they say, you, you're telling us something strange. Uh, we never heard this talk before. What, what is this thing you're talking about? Okay, what do these things mean? Verse 21, Acts 17. For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or hear some new thing. That's all they did at Areopagus, the big rock. They spoke of things they heard, spoke of things they heard, spoke of things they'd seen, and they would philosophize and talk about these things. And this is all they did every day. So this is a new thing that they are hearing. And now they want to know more of what you are talking about, Paul. Now, they said, tell us about this new thing, okay? Because they spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or hear some new thing. But they never heard about Jesus. So now they're hearing about Jesus. So now Paul is going to address the philosophers the Epicureans and the Stoic philosophers, those who study the nature of knowledge and reality and the existence of any and everything, even mankind. So he's addressing those who, at, who are at Areopagus. Verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. I acknowledge that you are religious in the gods that you worship. He says, I see that. I'm walking through 
Athens and I see all the idols and that you are religious in serving them and worshiping them. Now, Paul says in verse 23, for as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription. Let me say this. Anything that you worship is an idol. Anything that comes before God Almighty and you put that anything above God, that becomes your God, that is an idol. An idol God. You can have an idol God with your car, with your house, with your money, with your clothes, with your stuff. You can have idol gods. All that stuff means a lot to people. Some people don't even know that they are worshiping an idol God in that respect because they put everything else above God and not acknowledging the true knowledge of the real God. Let me say, money, you can't take it with you. You came into this world with nothing, you're leaving that way. All that other stuff is going to stay here. If you don't believe it, you can look around and you can see when people you love pass away, all that stuff is still here. You're taking, you came in with nothing, you're taking nothing. But you will meet Jesus one day. Now, let's see what happens. Okay. Paul says, I see that you're very religious. We're in Acts 17, verse 22. In 23, he say, For I was passing by through and considering the objects of your worship. I even found an altar with this inscription. I found an altar with the inscription that read, To the unknown God. Now Paul speaks. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. In other words, this inscription that you have on this piece of rock that says to the unknown God, Paul says, let me tell you about it. Let me tell you about this God that you wrote this inscription to the unknown God. And he says in verse 24, God who made the world and everything in it. Huh? God who made the world and everything in it. Genesis 1 and 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And it goes on to tell us the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. Then God spoke, let there be light. And the stars came out and the moon came out. And God said, let there be a greater light. And the sun came out. And God spoke everything to existence. And let there be trees and let there be animals and let there be fish in the sea. And he spoke everything to, into existence. The Bible says it. Who wrote the Bible? There you go again. Yeah, who wrote that? 66 authors born at, at different times in different uh, 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 hundreds of years, some apart, have com 
the book has been compiled of these authors who didn't know each other, don't know each other, but yet God put all these authors together and formed a book called the Holy Bible. Now, some folks say, well, you know, the Bible got books missing. And what relevance is that to you? God gave us enough to live by, to go by, to be governed by without the other, the other books. If they do exist, and they probably do. But that doesn't matter. He gave us the Holy Bible. Well, who wrote the Bible? The Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. 2 Timothy 2 or 3.15. And it's profitable for doctrine, for teaching, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, so that the man of God or the woman of God can be thoroughly furnished, thoroughly equipped into every good work. Right? Another scripture says, I don't have it at the top of my head, but when I quote it, you Wikipedia. Okay? I'm not a Wikipedia, but I know what I'm saying. All scripture... No scripture is taken for private interpretation, but God wrote the scripture as he breathed on men by his spirit. Let me get that for you. So you can so so, so you can say, oh yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Let, let me say. I just want you to know that. You gotta know this for yourself. See, back in the day, we had uh Encyclopedias, right? Remember that? Encyclopedias. Now we got Wikipedia. Wikipedia. In Wikipedia, you can find any and everything. Here you go. See, I just did it. Here we go. Second Peter 1 and 20. So, so y'all can't change. I'm just talking. Second Peter one and twenty. I'm gonna I'm read from the uh, King James Version. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Okay. Did you get that? No Scripture. This first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. You can't take what you want out of the scripture and make it what you want it to be. It's God's word, period. You can elaborate, you can illuminate it, you can talk about it, but no scripture is taken for any private interpretation. Be mindful, be careful of what someone is teaching you in the word of God and make sure you know it for yourself because people will manipulate the Bible to manipulate people. Watch it. The Bible got a word for them too. They call them false prophets. They're the ones who are going to burn in hell first because they're taking the word of God and they're false prophets, they're going to hell first. Look it up on Wikipedia. Check this out. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men. Man did not write the Bible. Check it out. Here's how the Bible got wrote. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. In other words, the Holy Ghost comes into the man of God who he chose to wrote his book and the Holy Ghost 
gave them the writings to write of compose of the Bible. That's it. That's all. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Now, we're at Acts 17, once again. And so Paul is talking about the unknown God. I'm back at verse 24. God who made heaven. God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hand. God do not dwell in temples made with hand. You can't create God and make that, that, that object God. That's not God. I don't care what you, whatever you pray to, if it's an object, it's not God, okay? Nor is he worshiped with man's hands as though he needed anything since he gives to all life and breath and all things. Huh? He don't need anything. He gives life. Verse 26, and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. What he has done, made from one blood, which is the blood of Adam, every nation of men, all nationalities. How could this well be, Gray? He's God. You remember when they built the Tower of Babel? He changed their languages and scattered them all abroad? And that's how we got foreign, foreign, foreign uh, 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 peoples, or you might want to call them. But he made them all one blood, all nations. And this is what he did. Every nation of men he made from one blood to dwell on all the face of the earth and have determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. In other words, I made you. I, I know all about you. I have determined your pre-appointed time. I know how long you're going to live and when you're going to die. He did that. Paul is speaking. So that they should seek the Lord, since you know this, you should seek the Lord in the hope that they might know for him and find him, that they may grope for him, search for him, and find him, though he is, he is not far from each one of us. The Bible says, God said, you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said. Your own poets have talked about this God, the unknown God. For we are also his offspring. And if we are the offspring of God, he can't be the desk. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we are not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art. And man's devising, huh? If we are the offspring of God, and the, uh, and his, uh, and we ought to not think that His divine nature is like gold, silver, or stone, shaped by the art of man's devising. The man can't do that. Now, check this out. Truly, these times of ignorance, God overlooked. There was a time He overlooked it, but now, verse thirty commands all men everywhere to repent. Now you know that I am God. I sent my son, and I'm not taking this stuff no more. I'm not taking no worshiping, no idols. I'm not taking you uh, 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 making other gods before me. 
I winked at it before. I ain't winking no more. I'm calling you to repent and serve the men, the real God. Verse 31. Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he ordained, he has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. He's going to judge the world by the man whom he has ordained. Who is that? His son, Jesus Christ. And he has given assurance in that that he, that he rose from the dead. Now, this is what Paul preached to him. Here's the philosophers. Here's all the people. Here's their response. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked while others said, we will hear you again on this matter. Some people mock today that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. I heard somebody say Jesus didn't really die. He had a look. He had a lookalike that looked like him, and that Jesus really didn't die. You can say you can say whatever you want to say. I say what the Bible says. He rose from the dead. You can mock all you want. You can mock, talk about, uh, 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 uh lollygag about it, guess what? He's coming back and you're going to see him for yourself. Be ready. And some say we will hear again on this matter. 33. So Paul departed from among them. But, check this out, however some men joined him and believed among them Dionysius and, and Areopagite, a woman named Demarius, and others with them. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will let me come in, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Join us next week as Reverend Gray continues his teaching on the book of Acts. You can hear all Reverend Gray's teaching on the book of Acts at gospelofthe90.com.